Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hello to all my listeners out there today, and welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. In case you're tuning in for the first time today, my name is Maria Casillas, and I'm just an ordinary gal who has learned how to create extraordinary results by leveraging some of the tools and knowledge that I already possessed. In fact, my whole purpose of even starting this podcast was to give me a platform so that I could teach you how to do the same thing. I love teaching people how to leverage the knowledge and tools that they already possess so that they can pivot and take control back and ultimately create a legacy that they'll be proud of. Just for fun, I'm calling today Tell Me Tuesday, and I'm going to focus on a question that comes in from one of my listeners in Phoenix, Arizona. But before I read to you and address Jessica's question, I'd like to remind you that if you have a question or a topic that you would like covered, please do submit that to me. My email address is maria at cashinonchange.com, and if you include your city of residence, I will give you a shout out as well. So today's question comes from Jessica in Phoenix, Arizona. Jessica asks, how do I practically set aside money for expenses that occur irregularly? More specifically, things that I don't really know how much to budget for or that I'm not able to predict. For example, doctor visits, prescriptions, vet expenses, sports equipment replacements, etc. These are things that I can't really predict or even have an idea of how much to budget. First of all, Jessica, I would like to say thank you for sending in your question, and I hope that today you're able to walk away with some practical tips that you'll be able to apply right away in order to help you tackle those irregular expenses. Secondly, I'd like to know who gave you access to my bank account, (laughs) because those are all expenses that I feel like we've had in the last couple years. In other words, Jessica, you are not alone. So how do you plan? How did we plan? First of all, I want everyone listening to decide right here and now that you are going to have some type of emergency fund in place. There are a lot of financial experts out there and everyone has their own opinion about how much you need to keep in an emergency fund. When we were going through our debt-free journey, we had ascribed to a lot of the teachings of Dave Ramsey and he teaches that you should start off with a baby emergency fund. And for most people, that's anywhere from $500 to $1,000 depending on your annual income. I know there are many others who say go straight for the three to six months worth of expenses and then there are even others who give a specific dollar amount to how much they think you should have put aside. I personally believe that everybody's circumstances are different and therefore their number may be different. However, I really do think that $1,000 in an emergency fund is a great way to kind of pad some of those gotchas that life is absolutely going to throw at you. Now, I do realize that my listeners make a varied amount of money each year. So if you're making fifty dollars to $70,000 a year, it's probably going to take you a little bit longer to build up that emergency fund than somebody who's making $200,000 a year. But that certainly doesn't mean it can't be done. It just might mean that you need to be a little bit more creative in how you approach it. By now, Jessica, you may be wondering why the heck I am talking about an emergency fund when you're actually just talking about unpredictable expenses. Here's why. Because the tips I'm going to give you in just a couple of minutes are really, really great for putting money aside for things that are not necessarily necessities. So for example, you asked about replacing sports equipment. I totally understand what you're talking about because just a few weeks ago, my daughter decided she wanted to try her hand at softball. 
of course, we did try to purchase a couple things at secondhand stores, such as played against sports. And I even contacted a friend of ours whose daughter has played softball to see if we could borrow any of her old equipment, just so my daughter could give it a try. Nevertheless, there were some things that we just had to go to the store and purchase new. And that is not something that we had specifically accounted for inside of our cash flow plan. But let's be real, that also did not constitute as an emergency. So if my husband and I had pulled money from our emergency fund to fund her softball equipment, we would have been deviating from our bigger financial plan. So instead, we had to find money somewhere else. While we're on the subject, let me just tell you that seven, eight years ago when we had started our debt-free journey, we did not have our kids going out for sports. It wasn't because I believe that you have to cut out everything fun in order to get ahead with your money. Instead, it's because for my kids, it wasn't really something they were truly interested in. And instead of forcing that on them and having it cause an extra financial burden for us, we found other ways to foster the whole idea of teamwork and physical exercise and fun. But if you're listening to this right now and you just know you have a future Olympian on your hands, by all means, work the sports activities and all of the expenses that go along with it into your financial plan. Because contrary to what many people believe, having a financial plan in place is not about deprivation. It's just about naming the things that are priorities in your life. And that's going to look different for you than it did for us, than it does for your neighbor. Just remember though, budding Olympian or not, new sports equipment is probably not an emergency. So why then would I suggest as one of the tips today to have an emergency fund in place? Well, because Jessica didn't just ask about replacing sports equipment. She asked also about doctor's bills, vet bills, prescriptions, etc. And while I do encourage people to set money aside for stuff like that, because inevitably those things are likely to happen, having an emergency fund in place will allow you to pay for those things, even if you haven't put enough money aside for those specific categories. And while we're on the subject of medical bills, trust me when I say I know that most bills are not going to be covered by a $1,000 emergency fund. As I look at the calendar and realize that tomorrow's Valentine's Day, I'm going to share this quick, not funny example of how we got nailed with a huge medical bill. A few years ago, on Valentine's Day, my husband suffered from kidney stones, and he had never had those before, and it landed him in the emergency room. Once I knew he was in full recovery, I joked with him that that's not exactly the kind of stone that I had hoped to be getting on Valentine's Day. But anyway, we had a high deductible plan at the time, and going to the emergency room is no joke. That one and a half hours of our lives cost us over $8,000. But here's the deal about medical bills. They usually will bill you. You don't always have to pay for them right up front. So if all you have is $1,000 in the bank, it's at least enough to give them a down payment on something so that they'll treat you, and then you can slowly pay back the difference as your financial plan starts to fall into place. Okay, so, We've talked a little bit about the emergency fund and why that's important. And we've also touched a little bit on how to decide what types of categories you want to start putting money aside for. But I think what Jessica really wants to know is, how do we do that? What's a practical way that I can actually put that money aside once I have it? Well, there are two main ways that I have really come to love. And I'm going to share both of them with you, but I'm going to tell you that the way that you choose to do this will probably be most dependent on how disciplined you are with your money. Another factor that will definitely play into all of this is how motivated you are to actually fund all of the different categories that you put in place. 
So let's start with where do you actually put the money? Well, if you're a listener who's not exactly disciplined with your money, this tip is for you. Put it in an account that you can't touch easily. There are probably several online savings accounts that you can choose from, but one of the first ones I ran across and one that I've actually been pretty happy with is Capital One 360. And since it's not broken, I'm not gonna change it. But I know there are other ones out there. There are a few reasons that I would suggest doing some sort of online savings account that is not attached to your actual brick and mortar bank. One of the reasons is because they actually will pay you higher interest rates than the brick and mortar banks will. These higher interest rates are for the money that you have just sitting in your account. And they're not life-changing differences. We're talking 1% versus 0.01%. But still, it's something. So I guess that's the numbers reason for keeping it somewhere else. But the behavioral reason, and that's what this podcast is all about, right? The behavioral reason for keeping it somewhere else is to kind of use it as a buffer so that you're not spending money emotionally. You're not being reactive with your money. If you have access to your money just by simply going to an ATM and pulling out $20 bills at a time, you're more likely to actually go and spend that and not stick to your original financial plan. If you know that making a transfer from an online bank to a brick and mortar bank is gonna take you three days, you might not go through the hassle to actually spend some unplanned money. And the third reason that I really like Capital One 360 is because it allows you to create what I like to call sub-accounts within your main account. So you can essentially create different categories for the different things that you're saving for. If you wanna save money for a vacation or for sports equipment, like we talked about a little bit earlier, or for upcoming medical bills, potential vet bills, Christmas savings. You can actually make a separate account or a sub-account for each one of those categories and you can move money into each of them and you can move money between any of them freely without having to memorize 16 different accounts. So it really helps to keep me organized as well. As a side note, that's actually where I also start storing my money for things like car tags that are due each year or HOA fees that are due quarterly rather than having them sit in my checking account and not earn any interest over the course of a quarter or a year, I actually will put them into that account so they can at least earn a little bit of interest. One of the downfalls to having an account like that is that if you do have cash, it's a little bit more difficult to make that deposit because you have to somehow get to an ATM and deposit it into your brick and mortar bank and then transfer the money to your online bank. So when I had built up enough muscle to trust myself with cash laying around the house, I actually started instituting more of an envelope system. Now I'm not talking about the typical envelope system that somebody like Dave Ramsey talks about, the kind that you have separate categories for and you carry cash around in your wallet. Mind you, I do do that, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Instead, what I'm talking about is identifying a particular short-term goal that you have and labeling an envelope with that particular goal. If you have a few irregular expenses that you think might be coming around the bend, feel free to make an envelope for each one of those. For example, you may know that the new soccer season is coming, and you also may know that within the next few months you'd like to replace your mattress. Now, it's time to find a safe hiding spot in your home. We want it to be safe enough so that someone walking into your home wouldn't just randomly know to go find your cash in that particular spot, but we also want it to be accessible enough so that you can drop money in there as money comes available. Now remember, this only works if you're disciplined with your money because the last thing you need is for your mattress money to turn into pizza money, okay? Now you're probably wondering, where does the money actually come from that I'm going to be putting into these envelopes? 
Obviously, the answer to that question will vary widely from listener to listener, but I'm going to share some of the things that worked for us. You know, when you're motivated to make a goal happen, it's amazing how many opportunities actually come your way to make a little extra cash. And if you're truly motivated, you find pretty creative ways to cash in on some of those opportunities. One such opportunity is to get rid of some of the stuff you have already purchased. Unless you already live a minimalist lifestyle, chances are you have something around the house that you could probably get a few bucks for. Again, nothing that's life-changing. Maybe you get $4 for a picture frame and $10 for a chess set you haven't used in four years. You may be able to get $25 for the bike that your kiddo hasn't used since you purchased it for them. Now, I'm not even talking about like a big old garage sale because for me, that takes way too much time and is not worth it. But I might have something that I just come across in my closet and I list it on one of the Facebook yard sale sites or something and I get five bucks for it or I get 20 bucks for it or I get three dollars for it. Whatever it is, I actually just take that small amount and I throw it into one of my envelopes. Out of sight, out of mind. I honest to goodness just forget that it's even there. Another fun trick that can work is to only use $5 bills when you are out spending money. The idea there is that you take any of the change that you have, any of the dollar bill change, and you put that into one of your envelopes. Again, out of sight, out of mind, and it's like a naturally built-in roundup system that you can use for yourself. If you want to be really aggressive with that idea, only decide to spend $10 bills. That way, if you go to a local Starbucks one day and you spend $3.59 on your Starbucks, you're going to receive $6 and change back. You would take that $6 and put it into your envelope. Out of sight, out of mind. You could also be on the lookout for other income opportunities. One of the things that worked great for my husband and I was that we would do all of our cash flow planning based entirely on what he was bringing home each and every month. That was our fixed income, if you will. I then decided to take on a side business with a direct sales company. Obviously, that started out very small, but as the business grew, I was able to count on a little bit more money each and every month. So whether I was making $15 a month or $1,500 a month, we knew that we could live entirely on what he was making and that we could take that extra money that I was bringing in and we could apply it to some of these other priorities that we had set in place, things that weren't necessarily necessities. I brought up the example of needing to save for a new mattress, and perhaps I did that because that's actually something that we had to do. I know they say replace your mattress every eight years or so, but you know, when you set your priorities a little bit differently, it might go closer to 10. So we were on 10 years of the same mattress and we realized, you know, that was something that we would like to save up for. And we did not have any room in our actual cash flow plan to do that. Because I was actually thinking about needing to find ways to make a little extra money, my eyes were open to opportunities that I might not have otherwise seen. One such opportunity came when a friend of mine said, hey, I need to find a temporary sitter for my newborn child. Is that something that you're interested in helping me with? Now, please hear me out when I say that I love my children and I love other people's children. I'm just not cut out to watch them on a long-term basis. But I knew that my friend needed help and she was willing to pay. And so I was willing to do something that I normally wouldn't have done. And I committed myself to only using that money towards a new mattress. So every time she paid me cash, I took that cash and I put it in that envelope. Well, little bit by little bit, that envelope started to get thicker and thicker and thicker. And before you knew it, I had probably $800 that I was able to spend on a mattress. So we found a mattress for $800 and we purchased it. 
we didn't have to touch our cash flow plan and we didn't have to touch our emergency fund. So Jessica, I hope that helps. But one last thing I'd like to add is that if you are already able to identify some of the things that you are suggesting might be unexpected expenses, then perhaps they're not as unexpected as you might think. Your past experience has already shown you that these things are things that will come up for you periodically in your life. So whether you intend to go and create an online account or just pull out some envelopes and start writing some categories on those envelopes, I encourage you to create categories inside of that online account or to create enough envelopes for each one of the categories that you have already identified. It's okay if you don't have enough money yet to put money in all of those things. I believe that the simple act of creating that category online or writing that category on an envelope will help to keep the goal of funding that category front and center in your life. Remember, you can gain so much more leverage over your finances by choosing more proactive behaviors rather than reactive ones. So decide today, what is one proactive behavior that you can begin to take that will actually help you move forward and get the ball rolling on funding some of those things that you mentioned in your question? I sure hope that's helped, Jessica. Not just you, but anyone who's listening today who has struggled with that same frustration of knowing that there's going to be some unexpected expense around the corner and you just don't feel readily prepared for it. Next week on Tell Me Tuesday, we'll feature another question from another listener. Will it be you? Feel free to send your question or topic to maria at cashinonchange.com. And are you listening but haven't yet subscribed or left me a rating? Please do. It helps me know what it is that you really need and want to hear from me. Until next time, thanks for listening.